You are listening to the Atlanta Real Estate Forum radio show, all about real estate edition. Shining a light on the movers and shakers in the real estate industry. The home builders, developers, realtors, and suppliers making it all happen. And now, here are today's hosts. Good morning and welcome back to the All About Real Estate Edition. I am your host, Todd Schnick, joined by my friend and colleague, Carol Morgan. Before we kick things off, we do want to thank New American Funding for being our 2021 show sponsor, now our 10th year on the air. It has been wonderful having them as our friend and partner. All right, Carol, one of our guests today is on the show several years ago. It'll be good to catch up with him. Uh, Neat project. It's going to be a, a fun conversation. Yeah, this is going to be a good update on Cloudland Station. So we're joined in studio today by John Tatum, who's a developer of Cloudland Station, and Coleman Mills, architectural designer with Harrison Design. So welcome, gentlemen, and we're just going to dive on in. So John, give us an overview of Cloudland Station. Yeah, so it's great to be back, Todd and Carol. I enjoyed it three years ago. I'll, I'll enjoy it again. So yes, Cloudland Station is a mountain and valley community. I always make that distinction because I think that's an important part of our of our lay of the land and, and really a part of life out there with amenities that we're able to provide in both that uh, valley and, and mountain topography. But we're located uh, really in a special place. We are in northwest Georgia, and I like to call it the new north Georgia because there's a lot going on up here. But we're in the Chattanooga Valley, and we're nestled up against the East side of Lookout Mountain, which is the uh, the sun rising side of the mountain, and there's an old valley there that we actually uh, have uh, bought along with the side of the mountain called Peacock Valley, and it's a little offshoot from the main valley, which is the Chattanooga Valley, and it's a nice location uh, foremost because of its beauty, but also its proximity to downtown Chattanooga. Chattanooga is a great amenity of ours. And if you know anything about Chattanooga, it's it's on the move in quite a big way. But it tends as a Tennessee city to grow north, northeast and northwest and just doesn't really jump over that boundary into Georgia. So we have this great, what I call trap door entrance into downtown Chattanooga. You just cruise out of our gate and within about 15 minutes, you're uh, literally in the city limits and very close to the downtown area. But as far as Cloudland Station goes, as I uh, shared last time, the new unique vision was really to create a, a, a place where families of all generations could come and enjoy and explore the outdoors. We have a, a lot of conservation property. It's a real pretty wrinkle in the world out there with lots of water coming out. Uh, we've got waterfalls and caves and lakes and creeks and confluences of little brooks and, and uh, springs everywhere. And we believe that architecture is an important part of, of the aesthetic. We don't want to do anything but tread very lightly and add beauty to it. So we've always had a real eye towards um, good architecture and, and hence uh, the reason why Coleman joined us in this uh, recent show house and added another beautiful brushstroke to our canvas. So we have, uh, since we last talked, we've probably built 20 homes and have four or five going right now. Um, another a dozen or so in plan. It's just we've really hit some momentum, and the, the property is mature. You know, you you plant uh, some l- new landscaping anytime you do a development, and to see that just uh, spring forth over the years has has just really added a dimension I I never really expected. 
But we've live, been living life up there, and we have a lot of new families, and the community starting to develop. Our whole theme, if you recall, is take time for the simple things. So all of our amenities are around things like uh, we've got human foosball and an old barn with with a puppet stage and ping pong and, and outdoor amphitheaters, and we've got an old mill which is, has a sweet shop that has uh, an honor system where kids run in and rob us, and the parents have to come in and and uh, make up for what they took. It's that's a joke, but it's been running that way for many years, and it's just a great, great experiment that's that's done well. And we have a little village that we're that we're building, a mountain village, and uh, just a place that's kind of our clubhouse, if you will. But instead of having a traditional clubhouse, people go into a village and swimming holes and all that kind of stuff that harkens back to an older time. And and that's that's we really try to breathe life into this whole notion of taking time for the simple things. And well, that's, and that's it's, it's gratifying to hear of the progress that you've made, but it, it's also gratifying to know that you guys are moving through this at, at a nice pace. Not, there's not this rapid fire, which we got to get it done in the next week. Uh, it's kind of coming along naturally, which is intriguing. I mean, it is God's country up there. And you're right, Chattanooga is a right. really, really neat community. So uh, good stuff. Well, excited to hear that things are moving along nicely. Well, Coleman, excited to hear about the brushstrokes you're adding to the canvas, to use John's words. But uh, tell us a bit about your work with Harrison Design. I, it's, it's a, we'd love to hear more about that organization. Sure. First of all, thank you, Todd and Carol, for inviting me to participate. And always good to hear my good friend John Tatum joining today. We had such a delightful partnership in creating the uh, show cottage that it, I look forward to doing the next one. We we certainly sing off the same sheet, John and I do. Um, okay. Harrison Design is a, I guess we're a little over 30 years old, founded by the late, great Bill Harrison, who we lost back in the beginning of the year. Bill was an incredibly insightful architect, a talented member of the design community. But moreover, Bill understood that as our architects and designers, we are fabricating a built history of the American landscape. And as such, each building tells a story. And I think that that's probably why Bill and Rick Hatch, a partner in Harrison Design, paired me with John, because John and I both share a love of storytelling, but also understand that homes are more than simple dwelling structures. They are our mark upon the landscape, and they tell our individual story and our collective American story. And so when John and I sat down for the first time to talk, I think maybe three hours passed without us taking a breath. We are kindred spirits. John, John Servey said mm-hmm. many times here, he reminds me of my father who understands the value of a good story and how to land a great punchline. And <laughs> um, we just clicked and we started off the discussion of the show cottage, not with budget or size or which piece of property we were going to build on, but what's the story? What story are we trying to tell? And we looked at several locations on Cloudland Station property, different pieces of property, but each one we began with, what's the story if we build here? And we ultimately found one particular piece that overlooks a beautiful meadow, a 1700s road, a creek that was used for navigation. And everything just kind of came together for the show cottage. Well, the show cottage is beautiful. I've seen pictures of it. I can't wait to see it in person. 
And I know one of the reasons that it's special is it was the last designer show house commissioned under um, Bill Harrison's name. And Bill is certainly a legacy in our industry and is going to be missed. Do you want to talk a little bit about his legacy and his influence on the designer show house? Well, if you knew Bill, you knew that he was passionate about all things. He was uh, a little bit like Mr. Miyagi. You either do or you do not do. You do not halfway do. So Bill would talk a lot about, you know, particularly at the age he was, he had just turned, I think, 71 and had become increasingly more uh, philosophical about our role as sort of citizen architects, to borrow a phrase from Sambo Mockby, but also our role in teaching young people and passing on the tradition of design. And Bill would often say when he was young, starting off in architecture, he thought he was the stone that was thrown into the still pond. And he, he said later in life, he realized he was not the stone. He was the ripples that are left behind. And I think the best way to describe Bill is I'd, I'd only been working at Harrison about two weeks. And I had gotten an offer to teach architecture studio at Auburn University in Alabama, of which I'm an alumnus. And I sort of sheepishly went into Bill's office. And I said, Bill, I just want to let you know, I'd been offered this opportunity to teach at Auburn. And I couldn't get the sentence out before he said, take it. And I said, are you sure, Bill? I don't even know where the coffee pot is yet. And he said, you know, there are a lot of architects that will sit behind a desk or a computer and work, but there are not a lot that will get out and preach the gospel of the importance of good design. He said, so you're going to be my mole and Auburn University, and you're going to spread the gospel of Harrison design, and you're going to bring us some talented graduates to come work here and complete the circle. And that's really kind of what he was talking about with those ripples, that it's our ability to impact young people. It's our ability to impact our clients and our clients' lives and their children. And it's our ability to leave a mark on the landscape that, that exceeds our own lives, hopefully. Other directions he could have gone with that situation. And how he handled that uh, does speak volumes for his, where he, where he saw things going. So that's a lovely story. All right. Well, let's get into this actual show house itself. I'm dying to hear about it. Uh, I believe it's called Mountain Laurel. I guess I'll ask both of you to comment on kind of the inspiration or maybe reimagination, maybe even the better word. Uh, John, I'll ask you to kind of lead off on your thoughts on this house itself. Well, thank you. I thought you, know, you used the word reimagine. We actually came up with that term ourselves to describe our whole approach to development because we were doing something different up there. And it was, as Coleman said, it's all about storytelling. And so the name that we gave it was Stories Reimagined. So we sat there, those few, you know, the first time we had had a chance to get back together after we initially met. And so, like Coleman said, what is our story? And we have this creek that runs uh, like a ribbon from the very uh, top of the mountain out of a cave uh, through our valley and, and dumps into the greater Chattanooga Valley. And that that water body is part of the, it's like the, the theme of the story. And we had on one part of that uh, brook uh, or that stream, a little village that we were building. And further upstream, we had an old crossroads with a mill and our sweet shop. And this meadow was between them. And we talked about how would that have evolved if we reimagined this as a community that really developed like we were doing, but over the last 200 years. And that became some garden houses, some row houses that would have been on the edge of town, that people would have uh, had a little bit of agrarian sort of life there. 
And I think with that, just that idea of three or four tenement houses or row houses, Coleman just was helping me develop that story and just took and ran with it. So Coleman, why don't you take and run with it now? Tell them what you did with that. Sure. I, I think probably most important to start off with that, you know, the, I think the, the mark of a successful project is how well I listen to my client. Because as I tell my students and I, and I tell my clients that it's not my home that you get to live in. It's your home and its success or failure is how well I listen to you. And I knew that we were going to have a successful project with John because what turned from a job and a client into a dialogue and a story and later a friendship. So the home sort of evolved along a, a very organic trajectory with my friendship with John. And so it was a very easy process. And in some ways, it's kind of an authorless design that you walk through a home and you find pieces and parts that you remember designing, but probably you remember those designs as coming from a dialogue with the client. And that's really where we started. So we were looking for architectural implements in the landscape. And just up the hill from the show cottage is a spring house. And they're sort of ubiquitous in our landscape and as well as throughout Europe and really anywhere in the world. But a, a spring house is a structure that's built over a natural spring. So if you bought a piece of property or you had, were, were starting a community and you found potable water springing from the ground, oftentimes we build a structure over it to protect the water source, to distribute the water source. And because that water was typically cold, it became the de facto community refrigerator. And so just up the hill from the show cottage is, a, is an actual spring house that John has um, utilized to carry water through an aqueduct over a road and, and to, to turn the, um, the mill paddle wheel. And so we said, I think sort of simultaneously, wouldn't it be great if we had the ruin of a spring house from which a home and eventually a community grew? So that really was the beginning of the story, a stone spring house that a home was built next to and has this kind of interplay connectivity. And so the architecture of it is really a distillation of carpenter Gothic, some European, you know, sort of low design architectural elements that would have been brought over to the new world. And then uh, overlaid against availability of local materials, right? So if you're a German immigrant family, you would bring over your Germanic traditions, but you may not have the same materials to use. Or if you were from the Cotswolds and had uh, immigrated to this country, you may have those same traditions as well. And so what we see in American architecture, particularly uh, turn of the last century specifically, is you see that sort of amalgam of European traditions and some brought through the Caribbean that are dumped into a sort of hopper and work their way down through a sieve and out pops this sort of um, uniquely American culture that much like us is kind of a mutt, you know, it's a blending of a lot of different uh, bloodlines to create one sort of authentic piece of architecture. And that's what John and I and uh, the rest of the designers you know, strive to create. And to me, the success of the project would be if someone in a couple of years rides by it and says, now, is that a new house or is that an old house that's been restored? And I think that that shared belief that John and I have really speaks to his desire for authenticity. 
whether it's getting local stonemasons and local stone for the fireplace in the spring house, or exactly how far apart should these batten strips be on board and batten so that the, so that it's authentic. That sort of thing is it's a tradition of building that John loves and respects and uh, thankfully demands on Cloudland Station. So as you drive through the property, you will have those moments where you see a structure and you think, is that a 1700 structure that John has restored or is it a new structure that someone's inhabiting? Fast credit approvals, accelerated loan processing, expedited underwriting. Call your new American funding loan officer today to get pre-qualified. For more information, call New American Funding at 678-898-3540. That's 678-898-3540. Talk a little bit about how the house relates to nature and got really nice outdoor living spaces. I'm sitting here, I have the advantage, Todd hasn't seen this picture because I just got them, but it's got just this beautiful cedar shake roof as well as metal roof and all of the stonework. And it's, it's a very crisp white house with lots of columns. And I can see where somebody driving by would think it's been there forever. But just talk a little bit about how it relates to nature and maybe a little bit about the square footage of the house and what you see as some of the highlights. I've also seen the kitchen, so I'd say that's one of them. You know, kind of give us that sense of uh, of, of how it lives. Yeah. So you know, it's funny. When I, I met with Mr. Harrison and Coleman and Rick, you know, at the end of our little tour, Mr. Harrison was paid a nice compliment. He says, you know, this is beautiful. You don't need us. And of course, of course we do. <laughs> but that was a nice, a nice compliment. And he said, I'd like our firm to do a, a show house for you. And I said, I, I kind of chuckled because I didn't know a lot about Harris. I just heard about them. And my knowledge of them was they did these huge, huge mansions a lot down in Buckhead. And I said, well, we really don't do what you do. You know, we, we do smaller. He says, he kind of chuckles as you don't realize we're the largest residential architectural firm in the world. We do everything. He says, you tell me what the size is. And I said, well, let's do a, a small cottage. That was sort of the scale we had in mind. And we ended up with an 1,800 square foot uh, cottage with some lofts and sleeps. Uh, I think um, we always tell people it's 11. You can probably get 12 in there, um, depending on what you do with the loft. But it lives large. And that's part of the the striking Gothic aspect that that uh, and height of it that Coleman brought through the equation. I would have never dreamed it, but you walk in there, you just feel like you got so much room. But we added some more living in the courtyard. So that spring house, which we built, as Cohen was describing earlier, uh, really could be anything. It could be what the designers uh, envisioned, which was the sauna. That's how they set it up. It could be a studio. It was kind of fun to ask people what they would do with it. And this, there were so many great answers. You know, it could be a, a kid's uh, fort, you know, where they go out and spend the night. It could be a a poker room, it could be a, um, a she shed, all these different things. But we encircled that whole courtyard with, including that spring house, with a beautiful old walled fence, uh, stone walled fence, and then with a large por- a porch and a, pe- a, a, a actually a, a um, balcony on top of all that. You could have so much going on. You could have the kids out there watching TV in the, in the game room, if you want to use that. You could have a, a group of people hanging around a fire pit. You have a whole other group of people at the porch, some up on the balcony, and those in the living area. 
So it really lives large in a small space. I think that's one of the things we want to show. And then it just sits right over this park area and the one of the prettiest parts of the creek as it flows through uh, the property. Todd, if you don't mind, just to book in to what, to what John talks about, you often hear in, in real estate literature that it, it brings the outdoors in. And I think to sort of drill down on what that really means, that John and I were very cognizant of wanting to create some outdoor rooms because the house, as John says, comfortably sleeps 12 and probably more. You could put bunks in the spring house. It's an air-conditioned space. But more importantly, it interacts with the landscape in such a way that it makes sure that the living room is outdoors. So it breaks the scale down. So maybe the largest is the meadow in front of the house that the house sort of embraces and pulls in. And then you have big vaulted uh, front porch where, you know, just in the tradition of early American architecture, the front door faces the water. Because you may not have a road to your home, but you probably have a creek. And people would use the creek for navigation. And so the front door and the front porch face the water in this particular case. So that you could sit on the porch and and speak to people coming and going. But then you also break the scale down a little further to that courtyard, which has a nice sort of living room proportion, roughly uh, 16 by 16 with a fire pit, a little gravel courtyard. The front porch of the spring house, which can act almost as a stage, but you also have a ceiling plane created by the balcony on the second floor that looks down into the courtyard, but gives you that sense of of enclosure while being outside. And so, you know, what sort of in the tradition of a of a good beach house that uh, everybody has his or her own uh, bed or pillow, as John would say. How many pillows does the house have? You have a clean, comfortable space to sleep. But during the day, you're out in the public zones, and that is the kitchen, living room, porch, courtyard, and meadow beyond. Uh, it sounds absolutely amazing. You know, gentlemen, there's a time and a place for a builder to say, all right, well, here's a community. We got 700 homes going in, and we got, one of, we got four plans, and uh, we have 17 left. And there's a market for that. People love that kind of lifestyle. But there's also something to be said for what this is all about. And uh, obviously the time and the love and the care and the thought and the story development and uh, kind of thinking about how this integrates with nature. And I mean, it's just a different kind of conversation and it, it is refreshing and it is exciting and it's a different kind of life. And if I'm not butchering the the line, the taking the time for the small things, I mean, that all makes sense from listening to you guys uh, and uh, we continue to be excited to see how this project unfolds and anxious to uh, continue monitoring to see as this thing develops. It's going to be a lot of, I wish we had more time to really dive into this, but unfortunately we are out of time. So let me do this, John, quickly. Uh, if someone needs to connect with you, learn more about yourself and uh, Cloudland Station, where do they go? Well, they go to our website, cloudlandstation.com. Uh, that has all of our contact information. If somebody just wants our, our 800 number, uh, it's 800-631-6747 or email us at info at cloudlandstation.com. Info at cloudlandstation.com. Thank you. And Coleman, where can people go to connect with you and learn more about Harrison Design? Sure, absolutely. Well, harrisondesign.com is our webpage that has a, a sort of a beautiful portfolio of, of work done around the country and around the world. And then you can find me uh, individually on Instagram at, at coleman.mills. 
I'm always happy to connect with um, anybody that has questions about architecture, about architectural history, about our involvement in Cloudland Station. It's just been uh, remarkable and rewarding. And, and Todd, if I could throw in one little more anecdote, I've worked with a lot of developers in the past. In fact, I got a master's in real estate development, not because I wanted to be a developer, but because I wanted to understand the language that my clients were using. And John is unique, maybe outside of Robert Davis and Seaside down in 30A in Florida, that the first discussion is not about performa. It's not about cost. It's about what are we trying to do here and what story are we trying to tell? And the entire community reflects that authenticity. So people who are looking for something different, looking for something real, Cloudland Station is a wonderful place to make a home. Uh, here, here. John Tatum, Coleman Mills. Gentlemen, it was great to have you. Thanks so much for making the time to join us. Good. And uh, congratulations on this, uh, on this exciting project. Thank, Thank you, Todd. Thank you, Carol. All right. That wraps this week's All About Real Estate Edition. On behalf of our show sponsor, New American Funding, my co-host, Carol Morgan, I am Todd Schnick. That's all the time that we have for today. Thank you for tuning in and listening. And we'll look forward to seeing you again right here tomorrow. We'll see you then. Atlanta Real Estate Forum Radio is sponsored by New American Funding and made possible by Denim Marketing, the publisher of Atlanta Real Estate Forum, Atlanta's favorite source for real estate and home building news. Denim Marketing is a comfortable fit, like your favorite pair of jeans. Denim Marketing tailors marketing strategies to meet your specific needs and niche. Try them on for size. They will work to create a perfect fit for your company's marketing program. Call them at 770-383-3360 or send an email to info at denimmarketing.com. For more information on Atlanta Real Estate Forum Radio or to inquire about being a guest, contact info at atlantarealestateforum.com. Check out the radio show by visiting atlantarealestateforum.com or by listening to the show on your favorite podcast app. And if you enjoyed today's broadcast, we'd sure appreciate a rating and review on iTunes. Thank you again for listening, and we'll see you next time on Atlanta Real Estate Forum Radio.